The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Let's pray real quick. Jesus, we are thankful for your word. We're thankful that we have your word. And we, we are thankful that we get to come together and to hear and to read your word, Lord, and to pray with each other and fellowship with each other and just to live life together on a daily basis, um, trying to be more like you. Would you help us to do that? Would you help us to follow the example that Jesus set for us? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thanks, Donnie. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good? All right. Cool. We're in a series right now called I Am, Believing That Jesus Is Enough. And uh, before we jump into it, this is the second week of this series, or actually third week, uh, last week of this series. So yeah, I'm like all jumbled up. But before we do that, um, I just want to tell you, like right outside, we've got these Easter cards. And uh, invite somebody uh, to Easter. It's coming up in a couple weeks. This is a great opportunity to share um, who Jesus is and what he's done. Uh, this is, that's what this is about. That's what Grace City is about. We are a, a church that is all about Jesus. And uh, hopefully, if this is your first time here and you're saying, man, they, they talk about Jesus a lot, that's it. That's, that's the whole focus. And so we open up his word, we look at what he said, and uh, we, just, we just trust him. And so today, uh, we're going to be looking at this text uh, that Jesus says, and, and it's really, if we think about it, pretty mind-blowing. Pretty mind-blowing. Jesus says, come to me. Whatever, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. That's a pretty bold um, statement there that we have today. And so uh, before we jump into this, I feel this, this great need that, that we need to pray again and just ask God's favor and just his guidance as we go through this text because I feel very inadequate to be able to preach this today. Okay, so let's pray. Uh, Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy, God. I tr- just pray that you move me out of the way and that you speak. God, I want your words, not mine. And uh, Father, these are your people. And so we just thank you for your grace on our lives and for how you give us these amazing claims. Help us to believe, Lord, in our unbelief. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, today, you know, just as I'm starting, I just want to say it's, it is a great honor for me to pastor Grace City. It really is. Uh, deep down, it is the greatest honor for me to be able to, to do this. And, you know, this past week I was able to uh, do a wedding uh, renewal, vow renewal for my friends uh, Joyce and Alan Pena. And uh, isn't that awesome? Um, but just to be able to be involved in people's lives, I mean, that's what this is about. That's what this is about. These are really important things that we're talking about here today. And so um, the message that we're going over today is Jesus, a greater peace. Jesus, a greater peace. Um, if I were to ask you right now, if you had peace in your life, what would you say? If you had inner peace, would you say, yeah, yeah, I, I've got that. Um, I was sitting in Starbucks this past week, and I was really just focusing on writing this message, 
And I couldn't help it but overhear this conversation that was happening behind me. Now, I'm not the creeper guy who's listening in on conversations all around me, but it was just this conversation that was happening, and it was really loud. Um, And it was really something that everybody in Starbucks could hear. Um, And so I was studying, but also listening at the same time. And here's how this conversation was going. It was two friends sitting there, and one of the friends says to another, he says, man, I'm really, really struggling right now. I don't feel like I have direction in my life or peace in my life. I, I feel like I'm just going from one place to another, but I just don't have it. You know, like when I'm talking about you, I just don't have it. And his friend looks at him, and I could tell that from his response that he was really struggling. And he says, you know what? You have a good heart, and you're searching, and I think you're on the right path. His friend was right. Like, right, right. Like, his friend was, like, trying hard, like, hey, man, I think you're, you're, you're searching right now, but I, I don't really have more to offer you than really that. See, what, what his friend was looking for was inner peace. And at that moment, his friend couldn't give it to him. The best he could give him was, hey, I, I think you're on the right track. I think it's coming at some point. We, we all need a greater peace, inner peace. Consider some t- statistics about the modern life. A quarter of Americans feel angry all the time while they're at work. More than a third of women have negative thoughts about their body up to five times a day. Half of us are concerned about the level of stress in our everyday lives. Nearly 19 million American adults suffer from depression during any one year period. Around four out of five Americans live paycheck to paycheck. A quarter of Americans say they have no one with whom to discuss personal troubles. Inner peace is hard to find, isn't it? with all of the struggles, all of the the things, just troubles coming at us constantly. In 2012, the Huffington Post had a blog entitled, Six Ways to Find Inner Peace No Matter What, written by Ashley Davis Bush. And here's what she says. Life is full of situations that we deem wonderful. Weddings, new babies, pay raises, promotions, and vacations. But life is equally full of terrible situations, getting fired, having cancer, or serious illness, death, dying, grief, financial strain, violent crimes, car accidents. It's typically very hard to be calm and serene when faced with such challenges. However, peace of mind is largely a matter of attention. If we keep the flashlight of our attention on negative circumstances, if we constantly attend to the gloom and doom voices in our heads, then we will surely be overcome by stress. As I read through this blog and read through the six things that she gave, it's all well-meaning, but at the end of the day, all of these answers fall short. Because at times as I read through it, these very serious matters come across almost as like dismissive, trivial or trite, oversimplistic in the answers that she gives. So as we go through life with real struggles and very little peace, 
What's the answer? Well, Jesus says in John 16, 33, in the world you will have tribulation or trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. See, Jesus tells us that the inner peace we are looking for is not found in perfect circumstances, but it's found in him. It's found in an understanding ear. Something that this friend couldn't offer in that moment of his friend's tribulation. See, as much as we try, we don't have the answer. And Jesus tells us that the inner peace we all need is found in a loving relationship with him. He says, I have overcome the world. See, it's what Elizabeth Elliot said. She was a missionary to Ecuador, lost her husband as a missionary in Ecuador. She says, the secret is Christ in me, not me in a different set of circumstances. See, many of us think that if I were just out of the trouble, out of the tribulation, out of the difficulties, then maybe I would have some inner peace in my life. But what Jesus says is, no, it's not you in different circumstances. It's me in you. I'm your peace. I'm your strength. I'm your comfort. Take heart. I have overcome the world. And so how do we receive this inner peace that only Jesus can give us? Well, John 14, 12 through 14 really helps us in this. And in today's text, Jesus gives us three approaches to greater peace in troubled times. You see, the context of this verse is that Jesus is about to go away. He's about to leave. He's about to die. He's going to the cross. And his disciples who've been following him for three years are going to look at their Savior Go to his death. And Jesus is trying to encourage them in the midst of all of their struggle and all of their difficulty. And so here are the three approaches that Jesus says as we go through troubled times, as we go through difficulties and lose that inner peace, this is where you'll find peace. It's number one in reliance. Number two, in refocusing. Number three, relinquishing. Reliance, refocusing, relinquishing. So let's look at today's verses, um, starting with our first point, reliance. And we're gonna go to verses 12 and 13. It says, truly, truly, I say to you. Now, now when Jesus starts with this, he, he, he says, truly, truly. You're like, well, why does he say it twice? He's saying, because you can take this to the bank. This is something you can trust in. This is a truth beyond truth. Like, this is it right here. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, This I will do. What is Jesus saying in this verse here? Jesus is making an appeal. He's making an appeal to his disciples. He's saying, 
Instead of focusing on yourself, relying upon yourself, rely upon God. Rely upon God. And what he's saying is this. He's saying a life relying upon God will accomplish greater works than a life relying upon self. He said, you, you, want, you want greater works in your life. You, you want inner peace in your life. You want something more in your life. He says, it's not going to be found in yourself. It's not in you. He said, this is something outside of you, coming into you. God, the life he has for you. And it is, Jesus is making an appeal of reliance upon God. See, Jesus takes ordinary and makes it extraordinary. How? What he says is, because I am going to the Father. Because I'm going to the Father. See, at this point, Jesus is in his earthly flesh. But he's saying, you know, I, I say that I'm not just a man, but I am God, and I'm going back to my rightful position. See, he never stopped being God, but he's going back to his rightful position on the throne. And he's saying, you just wait. The, the things that will happen in your life will be astounding. But it won't be because of you, it will be because of me. See, I'm going back to the Father. The focus of this is greatness, the greatness of God, not the greatness of me. This is about God's power, not ours. It's about God's ability, not our inability. Isn't that so easy to do? Like we just focus on our inability, our insufficiency. I just can't do it. That's not the focus of this verse. See, reliance, true reliance, is not about us. It's about him. Jesus offers new levels of courage because he says, I am on the throne. I'm going to be with the Father. Jesus here opens up a new reality. He tells us he's in charge. Where do you and I get rocked most of the time in this world? When we look around, we see difficulties, we see troubles, and we say, how am I ever going to fix that? How am I ever going to make things better? Do you see a lot of the time the, the focus turns away from God and onto us, onto me, and that's where discouragement comes? How am I going to do this? Jesus says that's the problem. The focus isn't on you. It's on him. He's making appeal an appeal to rely upon his work. See, what does this look like practically? Well, first he says, whoever believes in me. Whoever. Hold on, so who is this invitation to? Who is it that, that they can have this, that has access to this? Whoever believes in Jesus. So what you're saying is that I have access to that by believing in Jesus. See, it's, again, it's not an appeal to believe more in yourself. It is an appeal to believe in him. But many of us will not accept that invitation. 
Many of us will not come when Jesus invites us. Why? Because denying self and believing in Jesus is one of the hardest things you'll ever do. (laughs) Because we naturally go in the direction of it's all about me, don't we? Don't we go in that direction? But Jesus gives us a better call. He says, come, no, 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 come to me. Well, what if, what, what if I don't fit the description of a person that looks like a godly person? Whoever. See, that's the miracle of it, of it all, that God can take a life, a broken life, and put it back together. A life that becomes all about him. Whoever. But then he says, whatever you ask in my name. Now we're gonna, we're gonna break that down because that verse can be taken out and it's just like, Jesus, whatever I want. Sweet, I can come to Jesus and ask for whatever I want. He's gonna, he has to give it to me. That's not it. That's not it. But he does say, whatever you ask. And here's what I want to say about that. This is an invitation to open up your heart to God. See, some of us come to God and we say, well, here's what I can ask him and here's what I can't ask him. Here's what really fits in and and here's what doesn't. And you see the beauty of the Psalms? The beauty of the Psalms, they're prayers. And they're so transparent before God. They're so open. If you really read through the Psalms, there will be moments where you say, can you say that? Can you say that to God? Yes. Yes. Jesus is saying, don't let that thing in you that's saying, oh no, I could never ask God for that stop you. Because it's not true. Come to him, ask. I've got three kids, and and whenever I turn on the TV and we're watching Disney Junior, there are commercials that come on. And I'm telling you, this this is just a part of who they are. Daddy, can I have that? Daddy, can I have that? Every commercial, everything that comes up. Daddy, can I have that? Here's the thing. I can look at that and I can look at them as, you know, my three-year-old daughter who was sitting next to me the other day and did that. I can look at her and say, honey, I love you. That's not gonna be good for you. You don't need that. But that doesn't stop me from saying, you can't ask that. Stop asking me that. I want her to ask me things. I want her to talk to me. Jesus has that same heart. He's saying, it's open. You can talk to me. The lines of communication are there. I might say, hey, that's not the best thing for you. But you can come and talk to me. You can be open with me. You can tell me about your struggles. See, this is saying, 
God, filter everything in my life. That's reliance. God, just filter everything in my life. Like, I can't even trust myself, my thoughts, my requests. I can't trust it. I rely on you so much that you have to filter everything that comes through. Help me. Because that's the appeal from Proverbs 21 too. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. You see, that friend is like, hey man, you you have a pure heart, but it's really not true. (laughs) None of us do. None of us have a pure heart to be able to filter what's best for us. But the beauty is that God, he'll weigh the heart. He'll say, okay, I see what's going on and I'm actually gonna give you the better thing. Because that thing that you're praying for, that you're asking for right now, isn't the better thing. See, where does this happen? In prayer. Coming to God, saying, God, I, I don't know the answer. Help me understand. That's reliance. I remember uh, one pastor said, you know, it's the reason that we don't pray is not because we're too busy. It's because we rely on ourselves too much. That's why you and I don't come to God and ask him to filter these things in our lives. That's why, because we think we know. But Jesus says, ask. Let me filter through some of these things and I'll help you. And that's really one of the first steps to inner peace is Reliance on him. Number two, refocusing. Look at verse 13. He says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Okay, if we take, we, we, we take that first part, we hijack it, don't we? Whatever you ask in my name, this will I do. Cool, great, thank you, God. And then we get really frustrated when he doesn't come through on the thing we asked for, Right? God, you didn't come through for me on that one. Somehow it's got to be his fault. It's not. He says, this I will do with this, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. See, what's the trigger point of our asking? What moves the heart of God? It's like I said, it's not asking for whatever we want. It's when we refocus and say, this is about God's glory, not mine. See, for much, much of the time we get into trouble is because our focus is on our glory, not his. So when we come to God in prayer or just asking God in general and we say, God, hey, I, I really need you to come through on this. A great question to ask is, well, who's the one that receives the glory if this comes through? Who's the one that receives the credit? Is it me Or is it God? I mean, look at the verse. This type of asking reorients us to a God-centered universe. See, many times we're walking around disoriented. And and we live like, instead of the I am, 
God is the center of the universe, we live like I am the center of the universe, don't we? And really a lot of the times what happens is we're living our life, like you ever done that thing where you take the bat and you have to spin around and then you try to get up and you try walking and it doesn't work so well and everything just seems fuzzy? That's the way we're walking around in life a lot of the times. And what we need is someone from the outside to reorient us, to refocus us, and say, hey, 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 this isn't about you and it never was. This is all about God. See, that's the reality of the world that we live in, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. God's the center of the universe. It's all about him. And so verse 13 helps us. This I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. See, this is a firm refocusing on God's glory, not our own. And that's hard for us. But it's for a purpose. It's for a purpose. See, what happens to us when we focus on God's glory over our own? It starts to change us. It starts to make us different people. It takes a really, really selfish person and starts to make them selfless. How? Because all of the dreams of us succeeding and being successful start to go out the window. And it starts to become all about what God wants and who God is. And your life starts to be redefined and shaped by his glory and what he wants to do. It makes you a different person. See, a lot of the times as a parent, as a husband, as just a person in our community, (laughs) my focus wants to start to become about me. The other night, I was walking around in the house, huffing and puffing, and I was just so upset because our kids were acting crazy. My wife wasn't feeling good. Things weren't coming together exactly the way. And you know what? It was just like I was acting like a brat. And you know what refocused me? My wife saying, hey, what's wrong? Why are you so mad right now? And she called me over. She wasn't even feeling good. She says, Randall, can I just pray for you real quick? Can I just pray for you? And as much as I try to be like, I got this. No, I'm good. I'm good right now. (laughs) Okay, please pray for me. And so she takes me over there and she just, you know, grabs my head. Lord, help Randall. Help him. See, it's... What she did in that moment for me, I couldn't do for myself. But she took me and said, hey, let me refocus you on what matters. This isn't about you, Randall. Because I can't control the world. Can't control everything that's happening. No, it's all about him. Refocusing. And in the process, it makes us more like Jesus. And lastly, 
as we go through this, as, as, as there's this reliance and there's a refocusing in our prayers and everything in our life, refocusing on him, there's a relinquishing. Relinquishing. So that's the third point, relinquishing. Um, look at verse 14. He says, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So Jesus says this twice, like I will do it, I will do it, I will do it. Like he says this, so we get the message. What this is, is coming to God, not in your name, but in Jesus' name. Let me tell you what that means. For many of us, we come to God holy, holding tightly onto our names. Well, I really want this to be about Randall. And so I'm going to come to you in my name. And here's what I know about myself. And you'll know about yourself as well. If you come in your name before God, you will realize very quickly that you don't match up to God's standard. That you, you, you can't convince God of your goodness and your ability and God, look at me. Look at what I've done for you. Like we're, we're trying to come in our own name. But Jesus gives us a gift. He says, no, no, you can come in my name. Do you know what happens in the name of Jesus? A perfect sinless life. The sacrifice that we needed to come before God. A resurrected king who says, I'm going to give you all of the rewards and honors that I deserve. I'm going to put them on your chest. I'm going to pin them to you. And so you get these astounding verses like in Hebrews 4, 16, where it just says, come to the throne of grace with confidence. You can make your request known to God. You can come to God based on what Jesus has done for you. Like how can I approach a holy God, an all-powerful God, by relinquishing my name and holding tightly onto Jesus' name? See, what this is is saying, God, I don't have anything I don't have anything. All I have is you. And as I plead before you, God, as I come before you, as I ask, please help me in my life, the only thing I can hold on to is this name of Jesus. That's it. See, many of us will say, well, I come to God in prayer and I ask him and I say, God, help me and I don't feel like I'm making any progress. Can I ask you, what name are you coming to God in? Are you coming into your, to God with, with your name saying, God, look at me, look at what I've done. I deserve this. All your accomplishments? Or are you saying, God, I have nothing to offer you. The only thing I can hold tightly onto is the name of Jesus, and so I just, I just come before you with that. Please hear my prayer. Hear my request. See, it's a relinquishing of our name. 
you know, there are a lot of things that I, I want to hold on to, like names, you know, as, as a dad, as a husband, as like, you know, a pastor and all that stuff. And there will be things that will try to convince me, like, man, this is who you are. And my son, Kai, says the funniest things, man. And so he's seven years old. And one of the things he's been saying recently is like, don't mess with Randall's son. Yeah. You can't mess with Randall's son. And so he's like walking around the house like, yeah, I'm Randall's son. And, 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 I, and I, it's funny, and I, and I, and I want to, I don't want to be like a dork dad or anything, you know what I mean? Like, I want him to be like, dude, I, I love being Randall's son. But the thing I know is that he can't hold on to my name forever. There's going to be a point where I'm going to disappoint him. I'm going to look like the dork dad as much as I try. Skinny jeans aren't going to work forever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not going to work. <laughs> and so there's some point that he's going to have to hold on to a name that's greater than mine. And one of the things that me and my family have been praying and praying since he was born was, Lord, do something in our kids' lives. You know, like, well, well, I'll just come and, and, and just pray over my kids, like, before they go to sleep and just say, God, I pray that you will use them to help many people. You'll just bless their life and, and help them tremendously. And, like, as a parent, I'm just like, Lord, here's the thing I, I know. I can't save my kids. I, I can't transform my kid's life. I can only point him to Jesus. And as I was having one of those dad moments last week, I was just kind of at the end of my rope, like, you know, we just got back from, I, t- I take him at the end of the day to YMCA, and they were just playing and just kind of acting all crazy and stuff. So I got my workout in. I come back home, and, you know, it's like 6.30, 7 o'clock at night. And I'm just like hearing him fighting in the back, and I'm like, okay, Lord, help me help me and uh, I think okay kids come on let's go inside and my son looks at me he says dad um, can I pray for you (laughs) I was like yes please pray for me and it was like the simplest prayer he's just like Jesus I love my dad could see that he needs help right now. He's struggling. Please help him. In Jesus' name, amen. And when I was at the end of my rope, I looked at him and I said, Kai, I know mommy and daddy tell you about Jesus all the time, but here's the thing I know, that I can't make that decision for you. You have to make that decision for yourself. And so, for the next five minutes, we just talked about the gospel. We talked about sin, about how all of us sinners. And I said, son, do you know what sin is? Have you ever done that? And he says, yeah, I've done it a lot. 
say, you know what, me too, me too. And he said, and I just, we just talked about Jesus and we talked about grace. And his little head just goes down, like as he talked about, like he, he was, you know, he, he'd sinned. And he hugged me and he says, Dad, thank you for teaching me the gospel. I said, son, when you're ready, I want you to come and tell me when you're ready. This isn't when we're telling you when you need to make a decision. For you. you have to make that decision. And so last night at the dinner table, he told us, me and his mom, he was ready. And so this is a picture of my son praying. We were praying together, just thanking God for him receiving Jesus into his life. And I just want you to know, like, it's a, that's a miracle. Anybody that comes to know Jesus and, and receives Jesus, that's a miracle. And knowing my son since he was born, that's a miracle. <laughs> it is a miracle. But it's relinquishing his name my name, every other name, and holding tightly onto Jesus' name. And you know what Jesus says? He says, I will do it. I will do it. You know the thing that helps me to know that he's ready is because he says, Dad, I can't do it. Jesus has to do it. It's what Jesus did for me. That's how he knew. It's what's been done in his name, not what we can do in our name. It's relinquishing. And so just some quick takeaways today. How does God develop inner peace in us? First, by learning to wait. Many of us live frenzied lives. We say we have no time for prayer, no time to wait. Eugene Peterson said, waiting in prayer is a disciplined refusal to act before God acts. Would you be willing to wait on God and say, God, I'll, I'll trust you? It's a disciplined refusal to say, no, I don't, I don't wanna go ahead unless you're with me, God. Psalm 27, four says, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. It's by learning to wait. He will develop inner peace in you as you wait. Second, it's by seeking intimacy. See, the beauty of the Christian message is that God desires a relationship with us. As much as we don't deserve it, he, he wants intimacy with us. And many times we seek doing a task before we seek intimacy. God says flip it. I want intimacy. I wanna be with you. I want a relationship with you. I love the Moses, you think about Moses. Moses did a lot of things in this world, accomplished a lot of things. And one of the things he just pushed aside and said, I, I don't wanna do this without you, God. I mean, read through Exodus 33. He's like, I, I, I just wanna see your glory. I don't wanna do anything without you, God. I just want you. God says, okay, I'll bless you. I'll show you myself. That's who God is. He wants to reveal himself to us in deeper ways. 
And lastly, it's by starting with simplicity. It's that simple prayer. Lord, I, I, I can't do it. Asking, saying, Jesus, I need you to help me. And so listen to Jesus' words from verse 12. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. You want inner peace? You want a greater life? Believe in the one who lost his peace when he went to the cross. Believe in the one who lost his life when he died for you. See, the only one who deserved, truly deserved peace lost it on the cross. And he did it for us. And he said, whoever believes in me, I'll do greater things in their life than they could ever imagine. Just ask. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for your grace on our lives, for how you work through us and how you do things that we couldn't have done. I just pray that we are people that rest on it is done, it is finished, not in what I can accomplish or how I can bring glory to my name. It's all about Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.